Yes, it is. What's up, Mike? How you doing? <laughs> what is that voice? Hello. I don't know. I'm I'm a voice actor now. I'm trying to trying to. Uh... I liked it. I liked it a lot. In fact, can I tell you something which is kind of funny? Like this is um, uh, was it? T- I think it was today or yesterday. So um, my son's just started two a day uh, uh, high school sports practices. They both play soccer, and so like that's I'm helping driving them there, and so we're, we're talking a lot in the car, and. For whatever reason, oh, it was when you heard me because you were on the phone. I I called you when I was driving them yesterday. So as soon as we got off the phone with you, I was telling them about your kung fu movie. (laughs) Because I think you made it like you were kind of close at their age, right? Like your high school. Yeah, it was was the last thing I did before I graduated high school was that project. (laughs) So, like, I mean, they're, uh, uh, they're one just entering high school, the other's a junior, but they're in that, like, age range, and so they just heard your voice, I was, like, kind of telling them, I was, like, you know, like, painting a picture, like, uh, a snapshot to give them context of the conversation, and then, like, as soon as I did that, like, they're picturing whatever, like, you as, like, an adult or something like that, um, I was like, oh, I know there's something which you guys would love, and I know their style of like, like of, of what they like to watch, and I know that would be something they would like to watch. So if you could send that to me again, and anyone who's listening to this, I suggest they watch it as well because it's that good. Like because you want to watch this, and you know that it's high school Mark, but we know Mark as he is right now, and so we get like a little bit of. Um, I don't even know what you would call that, a, a reverse foreshadowing. I find that a lot of fun. Mm. And I think my boys will find it highly entertaining because it's a great, it was a great, it was a great film. Thank I you. I did watch all of it. It took wow. me like, it, you know I don't watch things often, uh, and um, that was something I did. Well, thanks, Mike. That's a, that's a, <clears throat> that fits really well into what we're recording right now for the my family thinks i'm crazy episode 200 and yeah it, i will send you the link i hope you share it with the boys and anyone listening who hasn't already seen mystic mark uh as the kung fu champion that was the character's name um go on rockfin the video is free you can watch it on patreon if you're a subscriber to the patreon it's a 15 minute short film that I made when I was in high school, and uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Mike. I I always felt like I flubbed that movie up pretty badly, but and not because of the actual finished product, but because the last day of school, instead of showing up to school, I was one of the cool kids who said, "Yeah, we're gonna skip the last day of our senior year." <laughs> you know, what are they gonna do? How you know? It's the last day. They can't get us in trouble, right? So this was the this was the um, I I guess it was like a sort of a senior. What's the word? Um, it was done annually, so it's like an unofficial. Like senior, a skip day. Skip day, right? So senior skip day, and there was multiple senior skip days, but the all the coolest kids would skip the last day of school, which, like I said, for me, I kind of regret that because that was the day that we presented our final movie project so my friends who were in my group presented it without me and I always regretted it because I never got to see the class react and see how they liked my my film and so I mean, then, you heard, you heard, you heard, like, they would see you, like, later that day, or your friends told you how people reacted, or are you suggesting that you literally, at this moment in time, you still have no idea how people responded to the, the showing of, of the film? You, you're kind of right, but yeah, no, I, I've, <laughs> I've never, I don't have my own experience of people's reaction other than sharing it with them online in the past few months, but... Yeah, no, I I did hear a story from my friend Matt who was like, yeah, everybody loved it, everybody was laughing, but you know, it would have been great to be there myself and experience that. So that was my one regret, and and because of that regret, I kept thinking like, well, what can I do to improve this movie outside of like filming more scenes? So I went and put music behind it, and that's when... um, that's when I shared it on Rockfin and Patreon and with you and, and a bunch of other folks. So thanks, Mike. That means a lot to me that you, uh, <laughs> you hold it to that high regard. 
Well, so so let's let's be like one hundred percent one hundred percent clear here. Like what I hold to high regard is you, Mark. Right. So so like that's the truth between like when you hold someone in high regard, it's like then whatever they touch, you're curious about. Mm. And so it's like like I'm not uh, I'm not saying it's like the greatest film or the worst film. I'm saying because it came from you, I want to watch it, and I'm watching it with this higher degree of awareness and understanding than I would than if I just like randomly came across it. Mm, like okay. it's like that is where I think the um, I think the uh, uh, for me at least the real the magnetism because it's funny you said 15 minutes. I was like. If I recall correctly, it took me three sittings, but like I always went back. Like I, I watched like maybe like four minutes, and I had to walk away from it. And then I kept coming back. I'm like, is this really happening? And was it pulling me in? And it was like half the time I remember I was laughing, uh, like like just laughing about how serious and how well like it was taken to be made. Um, but but that's not my point. My point uh, really for bringing this up is is kind of like what you just said. I had no idea you were going to say it. It was. Um, 18-year-old Mark missed out on the feedback, the direct feedback from his community of this piece of artwork. And so now, now it's like, you know, it, this is a totally different world and this is a totally different Mark. And every single person who is listening to this, you would not be listening to this until you realize that he has enriched your life. Right. I mean, something which has come through this whole this 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 uh, one way or the other, the, the, the hands of yours, Mars, uh, Mark. And so it it there's a there's a, a real kind of 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 appreciation, regardless of how conscious. Uh, but I think it's probably pretty conscious with with all the listeners. So they just heard all of this build up. Like we've been talking about this for like however long we've been recording. And now they're like, you know, they're curious, but now they're kind of like, like, you know, their hearts in it. We like open that up because that's what a relationship, that's where we feel it is. And so it's like, this is the time for you now to get the real world feedback on this piece from like your community, but your community as you are now, mm. not who you were then, but we can see and identify what that linkage is. I find that fantastic. I love the human narrative. So I think this is a real special thing. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to put that in the description. And for the podcast purpose, it is sort of an interesting parallel because just like this podcast, I planned, recorded, filmed, and acted and starred in the movie myself. Um, every single part of the movie was... And I'm not trying to like take credit because my friends were all very grateful that I had the work ethic that I did because they were all just trying to phone it in, you know. So they were they were trying to phone it in. They were grateful that they're like, oh, Mark has a freaking plan. Let's just be on his, in his group, you know. So. And you're the and you're the one who doesn't show up. So it's like you put all of this energy into it, and then on the big day, you're like, eh, I ain't gonna show up. Yeah, and you know, I was probably I was probably mildly. Uh, embarrassed that we'd never put movie uh, music in it because that was like I spent so much time filming and editing it that I never got a chance to put music in it and I didn't really have the access to music uh, back right. then that I do now so to, to, to compare it to the podcast that's how I do the podcast now I mean it's it's planned produced edited uh, acted out so to speak uh, by me so yeah, it's it's definitely a good window into my life for people who are are fascinated. Thanks for for highlighting that, Mike. There you go. Well, shoot, this is episode two hundred, and I wanted to have you a part of it because I know people have heard our story, so to speak, and how you and I first met. Episode twenty five of this podcast, we met in person a couple times after that, and we've been friends ever since and it's been a real pleasure and an honor to have you as my co-host on our show together your handbook for the apocalypse so i thought it'd be only right to include you in this episode 200 uh marathon podcast episode it's it's gonna be eight hours long mike you so when i when i got <laughs> introduced to the world of podcasting like when I was just purely like a listener, when like I didn't even know like a podcast was a thing, and then I heard it. It was um, 
Richard Grove's Synchronicity 9-11. Mm. So I don't know when this came out. Like, whenever that came out was when I got into podcasting. I, I want to say, like, from the very, like, first episode, somehow I found out. And those were eight-hour podcasts. So I came into the podcasting world, like, like I could, like, after eight hours, I was like, I can't believe it's over. I wish there was another 12 hours to, for me to listen. <laughs> Uh, and so it's like, like I think like this is this is totally like old school throwback sort of podcasting. If this is an eight-hour podcast, yes. hats off. I did the math, and after the editing and whatnot, it should be between seven and eight hours. And I thought to myself, like, geez, can I even can I even publish that on my podcast host? And and then I thought, well, Richard does it, and. To your point, he still does with Grand Theft World. Each episode every Sunday is between seven and eight hours. He was just a guest on the show. So, yeah, we'll chalk it up to, to Richard being part part of the inspiration for that. But, wow. Synchronicity 911 so, was the so first the, podcast he checked out. That's interesting. Uh, or, or that's the first one that I remember. That's like, that's like when... I, that was when... Um, so I want to say it's like 2007 and 8, like 7 and 8, or 7 or 8, like that time frame. Well, and go on. I was going to say really briefly, the re- reason why that stuck sticks out to me is because the first time we met, do you remember the book I showed you, the first time we met in person, the book I showed you that I had found on my road trip, like, oh, I just picked this up at a used bookstore. Uh, refresh my memory, please. It was Time and the Technosphere by Jose Arguelles, uh, all about yes. 9-11 synchronicity, so, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, like, uh, to, to maybe go back there, because I have, I've, I've, I've been involved in this world of, like, sharing of information and ideas in, I guess what you would call it, like the alternative um, space mm-hmm. since then. Like, you know, at one point I was 100% a consumer and then uh, it almost, it, now it's like completely opposite because I don't listen to anything right now. Like the only thing I ever put out is like, you know, that's 100%. So I've done like a, a 180. So, uh, uh, you know, the <laughs> in the circular day, uh uh, nature of things, who knows? Maybe I'll just go back to listening and stop making things. But um, but to be able to have seen um, like a, a full a, a full cycle, like what feels like a full cycle, and it's been around for a while in terms of like the um, the it's usually triggered. It's usually triggered by like a major event, like as you said, like that of uh, the nine eleven. But then there were some other, like, you know, uh, in 2012, that was when um, up in Connecticut, you know, that school, that school event happened. And that was a big event. But you could see, like, each time, each time that happened, there was a triggering. Um, but there was this also blending, there was a reflecting in on itself as a conspiratorial worldview, a, a, a psychedelic worldview, um, kind of came into to, to, uh, to, to, to almost mate and to become this like synchro mystic, you know, sort of thing, like where it all came from. Like when you go and you watch that and you undoubtedly are, are part of that tradition, you know, and so it's kind of fun to, to go and see, see like all of the different iterations and all of the individuality in which it shows itself. Like just a reflection back of, of the culture which we're in. Yeah, I'm really glad you pointed that out and drew that comparison between like the psychedelic and uh, did you say conspiratorial? Mm-hmm. So for me, last night I was just speaking with um, Scott Armstrong from the Rebunked podcast. It used to be on the Truthzilla podcast, but he is uh, Oregonian, Oregonian, and. As a you know, someone who lived in Oregon for a long time, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee, to avoid all of the political whatnot hoopla. And I was thinking as we were talking, I brought this up to him, like the blending or the melding of 
the conspiratorial thought of people that you can maybe say is more of a blue state, and then the conspiratorial thoughts of people who are traditionally from red states, and like the differences between those two world views and ideologies, and how the internet has kind of blended them together, you know, like in red states to generalize, the, you know, conspiratorial thoughts tend to be more religious-based. They tend to be more, you know, apocalyptic. Whereas the the blue states tend to be more activist-flavored or, or, or su- civil rights, you know. And, and those different sort of flavors of conspiracy have blended together with this other one, which is psychedelics or, or maybe like the, the tune-in... Uh, or tune out, drop out crowd, you know, like the the people who consciousness. Are... Maybe consciousness is a better word because psychedelics mm. would fall under would fall underneath consciousness. So yeah, psychedelics and, were more well, like you're the... aware of like the, the the realm of the mind and the unexplainable and right. all of that sort of stuff, like mysticism and all of that. Yeah, psychedelics are more ancillary than consciousness Correct. for sure. Yeah, and then like, but these these waves, these tidal waves of thought kind of pushing together and becoming one wave. That's what I, my thought, my speculation is that's what we're seeing the results of now with, and and I, I think this is natural, but there has been a factionalization of this community where there are certain factions now, you know, the the Q people and, you know, uh, the earth-shaped people. and So there's good sides and there's bad sides to that blending, but, yeah, it is it is interesting. Am I making a, a point that you can stick on, or am I drifting yeah, 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 away yeah, yeah. from... No, 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 all right. Uh, so, um, yeah, like, it's... it's, it's when you throw, there are ripple effects. You know, there's effects. And then you're like, oh, look at that. Didn't see that coming. And they're like, well, that's uncomfortable. So, there, so there's that, which which is um, which is going on. Um, what was the other thing? You said something which just, it was on the, the tip of my mind. And I, oh, this is what I want to say. So you began with with uh, the time in the technosphere. That's kind of how we started this segue, right? Right. And but I, I can never pronounce the, the author's name. And it's embarrassing. Can you say it for me? Yeah, I mispronounced it thousands of times. It's Jose Arguelles. 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 Okay, so Jose Arguelles. Like, around that time, like, uh, particularly like 2012, I really, really um, internalized and digested um, uh, 13 moon calendars and all of his work. Like, he spoke to me on a very, very, like, deep fundamental level. Uh, and why, why I bring that up is because Right before this conversation, I'm in the process of writing like the introductory pages of this engagement book, which I'm getting ready to roll out. And there's a sentence which which it's kind of beginning with, and it's, it's saying like, if you're following a calendar system that uses a month, you know, whether Gregorian or 13 mo- uh, month calendar or moon system, if you're first, if the first of your month does not line up with what you see in the sky, well, then it's folly. And there's a truth to that. There's a fundamental truth to that. And I'm saying that. And so this is the point of me telling you this story is I've been sitting with all day. I'm like, I'm kind of going at odds with this, with this idea that I was first introduced to, the 13 moon calendar, because now I'm like, okay, I see where that served, but now I'm taking it to a new place. And so maybe tying this back to that original observation of watching the trajectory of what both, uh, you know, there's two things which we're really talking about. We're talking about the nature of relaying information, relaying information through podcasting, where someone is recording and a person is listening to it in whatever that private space is in their earphones. Like that's a unique private space. And so it's a very special type of relationship. And then seemingly in this type of whisper relationship, alternative thought is most effectively and freely being shared. And we're seeing this curvature. We're seeing this curvature of like how it's it's kind of like maybe refining itself. Maybe that's a way of thinking it, like, you know, the Pantina effect of like becoming 
like more and more, um, less and less friction, less and less friction. Right. An idea. Right, right. Like the, like the river pushing the earth away and making the, the water, you know, slide past it easier and easier each time the water gains velocity and then it pushes more earth away and yeah. Huh. And, and so what we're seeing is what began with this eight hour podcast, like, you know, I'm using, I'm talking about myself, but like as a, as a, as a symbolic point, but like we can see this industry, which, which, which you have, you have um, placed yourself and found yourself in a uh, nodal position, um, how it not only is changing wor- the world layout, but it's also changing upon itself. Like as you were talking about, like the there was once a red state and a blue state conspiratorial um, demarcation, but those have morphed into something. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're you're saying that this is a a good thing or a bad thing, that's irrelevant. This is what's happening, and we're witnessing it, we're seeing it. And so this being your two hundredth episode is undoubtedly a testament to that. And I think it's kind of pulled out the twenty fifth because uh, you and I are on one eight sort of uh, intervals in terms of like how we can think of this, of, of a cycle in a way. So I, I was like, look at those patterns as well. Yeah, yeah. And those patterns have appeared in the, in the, through the course of the podcast. And I used to notice this as a listener of shows like, oh, and wonder like, hmm, d- does the host like put any thought to the, the number that this episode became you know like the conversation is recorded and then it 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 just magically lines up as you know 177 or whatever right and and for that episode on this podcast we had crow triple seven and that wasn't that wasn't planned but that's happened a a few times where things like that have have appeared and even myself on other shows I, i talked about Skull and Bones on Charlie Robinson's podcast, and you you know that their number is three twenty two. Well, that happened to be episode two twenty three of <laughs> Charlie Robinson's podcast. So we he did like this cool reverse image of the number three twenty two, like two twenty three, and yeah. So th- there's been there's been some interesting things, but with the with the two hundred. My thought, and I wonder what you think about this, is that people are more likely to click on an episode like that if they're new to a podcast. They, they're flipping through, and it's maybe like something about a, uh, like a strong number, like 200, the fact that it's a milestone episode. But I remember having that instinct when I was a podcast listener, like, oh, let's check out this podcast. What is there here? All right, let's go to episode 100 or let's go to episode 200. So that's my thought. If the listeners are like, why do you care so much about the number of the episode? It's like, well, it's a milestone. So that's why every 100 episodes, we're going to do something special like this. The last episode that was special like this, Tara uh, planned as like a surprise party and she got you involved and a bunch of other of my friends involved and that was a lot of fun but that was a lot of fun very spontaneous this one is far more uh planned out i i, I think i've become somewhat of a perfectionist with the podcast so this one this one's gonna this one's gonna be meticulously put together a lot of um a lot of editing, but hey, why talk about that now? Because that's what people are listening to, right? So, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Mile a milestone number. All right, all right. So there are like four or five things. There are four or five things I want to respond to, and I'll see if I can remember. Let me let me see. So I want to respond to the the, the selecting at two hundred. So um, first thing, me personally, I I would never watch a. Um, if I was going to go and look at a potential podcast, I would not use that as my uh, mechanism for what would be the episodes I would try it out with. But I also realize that my natural instincts are not uh, don't always line up. Like I'm always like, oh, everybody does this, and you know, a lot of people like to do it another way. So I don't think I'm a good a good point of reference for what most people do. And your logic may 
a lot of sense to me. So, so that was the first thing. But now I don't remember. You went on to three other different topics. What were the other things that we were talking about? You were saying um, after the, the 200. So there was the synchronicity of the numbers and the 322 thing and how I was on episode 223 talking about Skull and Bones. There's the milestone of episode 200 and, and I guess all of my all right, reasonings right. why I, so, I would so, choose so it. Yeah, yeah so, you're, so you're reasoning. I mean, this is just my opinion. This is my opinion. You're the dude who makes the show, so you don't ever <laughs> have to justify why you're doing it. But what is fascinating is when you explain why you're doing it. Because, like, they all do it. It's like, you know, like, the, like the, the Disney does it, right? The, like, you can go into all, all of the programmers are playing on that game. And so there's, as soon as you start doing it, for whatever reason why you're doing that, like, you know, there's, there's a, uh, however, however you, the story changes from when things like that were done in the background like in the subconscious of the collective, like now that it's kind of like, it, it is going to be obvious that you're doing it and you're still doing this, these sort of techniques, like it changes how it affects things. Mm. Um, go, and I want to bring that up because it goes back to the idea of this, this, this art form or this, this, this almost like a, a, a performance art. Like if you think about it, like all of the, all of the people who listen to this, this on one level feels very, very intimate, but then on the other level, like this is uh, amazingly disjointed, like from everything of all the editing you said you're going to do to like, you know, the, the time and the delivery of when you and I are speaking when someone else is listening to it. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's not like watching it, it, it live, but that is, that is how it's being reflected back in and it's just, becoming smoother and smoother the more we like self-reflect upon it i agree and i like what you just said because and this is kind of why i wanted to bring this up with you mike because you need to talk a lot about baseline reality and, and connecting with that and and helping people realize a lot of the stuff that we've taken as fact is is subjectively overlaid on our environment so, you know, in all reality, 200 is just the 200th uh, signifier when you're counting. Like, it's, it's, in, in one sense, it means nothing. In another sense, like, you, you know and other people know, if a show or, you know, a radio program hits a 200th episode, for whatever reason, it's a cultural thing to celebrate that, right? Just like if somebody has their, you know... 30th birthday or 50th birthday or 80th birthday, right? These are, for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're considered like these milestones. And we would, we would be crazy if we celebrated every 10 episodes. But, uh, yeah, 100, every 100 episodes feels like a, a good place to, to do it. Because not, you know, not many podcasts even make it this far. 75% of all podcasts don't make it past the first year of publishing. Uh, that makes, uh, that, yes, like, this is a, uh, a unique feat, something which, you know, uh, an accomplishment which you could look back and stand upon, like, wow, you know, I feel good, I look at what I did. Mm. Because that is not, and that's like a combination of a whole bunch of different sort of things, and, but no small part of it, uh, or, or what is definitely not a small part of it is, is, a commitment, which you brought to it, right? Yeah. Like they, they didn't, they didn't make themselves. You were like, all right, week after week, I'm going to keep on doing this. Right. Well, week after week, and and day after day, we do we do our show once a week, and I do two shows a week for for my podcast, sometimes three, depending on the bonus content, and yeah, it's definitely a lot to to keep up with, but it's it's fun and. Part of the the other layer of like what is episode two hundred all about is I'm taking people through my podcast history, so to speak. The episode starts with Sam Tripoli, my foray into this world, the person who, you know, gave me a, a an opportunity in a very big way, and then. They're hearing this. They're hearing me talk to you, Mike, because you're the second person 
in, in my journey that came along in a significant way. Um, and as this episode goes on, people will sort of see like a microcosm of, of the, my journey through podcasting. And also they'll, they'll be able to see like, oh, okay, he works for Sam. He does this podcast with Mike Wan. He does this other podcast with Roman, his girlfriend, Tara and Chad. And he does this other podcast, you know, so on and so forth. And speaking of that podcast, Esoteric America, what do you think of, of that show? Because I, I want to have you on at some point, but have you gotten a chance to take a look at it? I know you're a, a busy guy. I don't blame you if you haven't, but what are your thoughts on that? Uh, as I said, like I trust your opinion. So if you say that it's good, well, then it's good. And I show, I show up everywhere exactly the same way. So, so the... Short answer to your question, it sounds like there's two questions in there. I am not familiar with the work other than what we talked about. I think I saw an image and I was intrigued by it. But uh, I haven't checked out anything. All right. Well, we gotta I don't have... check out anything, though. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, we got to have you on because I think you'd enjoy the format of the of the show. But either way. That's what I'm, that's what I'm ultimately a fan of is, like, all of these different formats and all of these ways which, like, this is being explored. So definitely, I, I, I would like to be a part of that. I mean, I think it's, I think it's fun. And I think, I think that as I've been hopefully, like, illustrating this conversation is it has, there's something, you know, quote-unquote magical that happens in this sphere. And we're seeing it. We're seeing it, like, like, like change and morph and become, become like a, a, like a different version of how it began. And then we could realize that's continuing, and then we could realize it's happening in real time. Right on. Well, right on. I think we ought to continue this episode as an episode of Your Handbook for the Apocalypse. So people who are here on the Susquehanna Alchemy feed listening to this first part, um... Hello, welcome. I do another show called My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. You're probably aware of it. Um, and for people listening on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy feed, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, go over to Susquehanna Alchemy in your podcast app and subscribe. You'll find this show, you'll find Mike's podcast that he does and YouTube show that he does with Ross Ben. It's titled From the 40th Parallel. And you also find some content that Mike has regularly on his YouTube that we've transformed into an audio podcast for people who maybe are on the road or just don't have the patience for the YouTube app. So <laughs> go over and subscribe on Susquehanna Alchemy. And uh, as for the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy 200th episode, we are going to go to our next segment, our next caller. Mike, thank you so much for being here, and uh, I won't say goodbye because we're going to keep talking, but goodbye everybody on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. All right, Mike, here we are. <laughs> we're, we're in the Your Handbook for the Apocalypse show now. What's up? Um, all right, so so I'm, I'm driving through downtown Porto right now, Okay. and where I am in no countryside uh, is... You know, that's, that's in the middle of nowhere. We drive four miles to go to the town corridor. It's where, when, when, when you guys came down and we went uh, to that coffee shop. And we went to the Corridor family restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a, it's, I, I never realized, I never thought about it this literally, but this is an accurate description. It's a two-stop light town. <laughs> two-stop lights in this whole town. Like, that's literally it. Um, so we're, there's this place, like right around the, the corner. So like, like a, I think it's called Sam's Pizza, New York style pizza, Corridor, Pennsylvania. It's not bad. It's, 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 it's good. It's good. And I, I really enjoy going there. Uh, but it's the only place that has like an outside dining, like where you can sit outside. So there's this like really small, like, I don't know. I don't know what you would call this. It's no more than like four feet wide. There's like a table and then. There's like two feet you got to squeeze by to walk by, and it's like long and narrow, and two tables uh, are sat around it. So I like to sit there, but it's right on the sidewalk of the main street. And 
this is where I'm going with this whole sort of like setup, is it is some of the most unusual type of intermingling of people which you get to see. Because these are the these are the ingredients. So there's a there's a pretty high number of like um, like it, it appears to be like legit uh, biker gang bikers huh. you ride through. All right, I get uh, uh, they're not necessarily hanging out, but they're just riding by. Like I, it's, it's I'm assuming that based upon the jackets they're wearing. I'm like that looks legit. <laughs> um, so you've got like that. Then you've got the Amish, and there's like this kind of like showboating, particularly of the teenagers who like to go up and down uh, this main road, state road, um, in their horse and buggy. Uh, and then there is like the normal um, like rural farmer. Like there's a farmer vibe here, so you get like just regular farmer, like Southern Europe farmers, and um, and then you have migrant workers. And there's this migrant worker sort of thing, and then there's just like uh, regular like tweakers, <laughs> you know. Sadly, Crystal Bat and what have you. And I'm just sitting, I'm just watching it. And so my favorite things to do. And I'm thinking, I don't, and, and all of this is, I guess, a question, which I'm going to ask you. Like, this is like a, an ethical question. Like, I want to film it as I sit there and because I find it, like, interesting and entertaining, but I don't want, like, observing something else, like, uh, to be, like, you know, like, I, I won't say exactly mocking, but I don't want it, 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 it's it, a little bit close to mocking. Is it the is it exploitive? Maybe the phrase like is that too extreme or, or is that what you're think, afraid I, of? I don't think it's exploitive. I definitely don't think it's exploitive. Because uh, I think well, okay, let me hear you out. Because what? Because I ponder this with the podcast where you know there's certain episodes where it's like okay, I know what I'm going to talk about with this person. They're prepared to talk about this. We're going to stay within this certain lane. But then there's other podcasts where maybe they're a podcaster themselves, so we don't necessarily have uh an outline for what we're going to talk about. And it it I get personal sometimes with my questions, you know, like does your family think you're crazy can be a very personal question depending on a person's family, you know. Yeah. So I've yeah, had right. I've had that like cuz I didn't expect that, you know, when I was starting this show, I didn't expect that uh that to happen. I just thought it'd be a fun question to ask every guest, but the first few times where I got a very deep response from people, um I realized like, oh okay, yeah, like this is interesting, but it's all it also could border on like you know, did they were they prepared to talk about that? How comfortable am I going in that in that range? So, yeah, that word has come up. Like, I hope I don't come across as like exploitive. Like, you know, like I just want to like talk to crazy people and and put them on on display or something. You know, like so that, when you said like, uh, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, that's what came to my mind. Like, uh, how I kind of feel with certain interviews, you know, how far I could take it. If, and if the answer is yes, you don't have to say who, but has someone ever asked you, like, hey, can you edit that out? Can you not include that? I actually had somebody pay me $150, I think, um, to delete a podcast I did with them because they, they felt like they shared too much and they're career could be jeopardized but we were talking about um his thoughts on psychedelics so i guess that would be but no never anything where it was like oh yeah that was too i you know i started crying and take that out like no 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 we have had one guest cry but uh but you know we've yeah we've gotten very deep like and, get like get choked up like you could hear like a cracking in their voice or like literally like sobbing uncontrollable because crying can mean a few things. Yeah. No, choked up. Got choked, choked up, up. And, and and sort of like had to pause for a second, you know, and that's happened more than once. The the one time that that they had to pause, you know, I edited a part a portion of it out. But yeah. And then I, I had somebody comment once and say like, Oh, this host is so unsensitive, his guest just spilled his heart out and all he said was Yup, 
you know, so that made me think twice, which I know some comments are just too extreme to take seriously, but, uh, but yeah, that one got to me because I'm like, huh, maybe I, I am not being as like, uh, connected with the guest as I could be, you know? So you just laid out a whole bunch of good stuff. I, 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 find, this topic, I find this topic fascinating because um, as we heard in that first part, like I am, um, I'm a fan of podcasting, like as an art form and as a way to affect human beings and so forth. Uh, and it is my personal opinion, like the very sort of thing which uh, you're talking about, I think is the best, like the, the, the best thing about a podcast. You want it to be real. You want it, and, and if anything, so uh, if anything, if you are able, as the person having a conversation, if you're able to create an environment where someone is going to be vulnerable like that, that is, uh, that's a, that, that's a, that's like it. That's part of the art form. Yeah, it's definitely a new territory for me. But yeah, I'm getting more comfortable doing it. But I feel like I strayed away from your point you're making about. Well, I, I, I want to make one, uh, finish, say one more thing. I heard this when I was at Myco Fest. I was talking to this guy, and uh, this guy had like. I don't, I don't even know what or who he is. And it's not common that I'm saying that, like, you know, because I really pay attention to, like, how people are. And I'm like, I'm not certain what he is, but he's somehow, like, a, a, a freelance photojournalist, and he just travels throughout wherever with his, and he, he I like, his equipment. So anyway, um... I was talking to him, and he was telling me, I was about to go on and present, and he was telling this real soft-spoken guy. And he was saying to me that uh, he's been finding himself in opportunities where he's been having to, to go and, and talk, and uh, how that makes him uncomfortable. And we, we transitioned that into, or he transitioned it into photography. And he's like, you know, as a photographer, particularly as a photographer who does portraits, I measure the I measure the caliber of the photographer by the more authentic or the more relaxed the 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 subject is in the picture. And it was just kind of explaining like how he you know that's what separates like a really good photographer from maybe one who is more technical. And so I want to go back to this you know the way you you framed up you framed up a um, you framed up a a, a valid internal question you can ask yourself when you're doing this sort of, you know, where, where you're you're working, where you're working, you know, in this podcasting realm, which is like, you know, am I am, am I being fair to the person? Maybe that's a better a better way of of saying it. I definitely don't think what you described is exploitive. Like, if you are like trying to get a an arise out of someone. Like, it's funny. Like, I know there's some other shows out there where, like, the whole thing is, like, trying to get an arise out of people and there's a mocking element. I'd call that exploitive. Like, because, you know, you're, like, working on someone's legit... You're trying to evoke a legitimate response with a um, with a disingenuous hook. Right. But if it doesn't have that, like, that is what it is. Like, it's funny and whatever. Like, that's a different conversation. But that's not what you do. Okay. Yeah, I like the distinction. I, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I think we haven't really had a, a a guest that's in a position to, you know, have that happen to them. But on Illuminati confirmed, we definitely, which you've been on that show, we definitely want to uh, get a reaction out of our guests. Like that's, I guess that's where I try to be more comedic with my approach. So that show is, that show is great. Thank you. That show, because it's like, uh, because that feels very much like, uh, it has a, a performance art, art quality to its setup. Because you're right, you're trying to pull something out of someone and you don't like what's going to happen, right? 
but but you bring in like uh, the way that I think works really nicely. If it's just like one on one, well then that feels very antagonistic. But when there's a variety of people and a variety of like roles, like someone who's gonna like smooth things over, one person, you know, good cop, bad cop, right. middle cop. You know, then, like, then it becomes a high wire act. And, like, you know, how's the person going to respond? What's going to happen? Like, that's, you know, that's part of, that's part of what we're witnessing in, in listening to this, this, this podcast realm. Mm. Now, when you're, when you're witnessing the Quarryville scene, what makes you feel like filming it would be a mockery? Like, w- w- could you because get to I, that? Could, well, could you get to that show point? It off. Uh, <laughs> I want to go and say like, hey, hey, you're not even gonna believe this, or like, I don't believe this, or like, you know, it's just such an interest. Like, I want to show it not in a mocking way, but like, this is like an unusual sort of place to be, mm. and particularly well, you, for. Can Can I ask you something? Please. Could you add to your point about the the conversation with this photographer? Could you get to a point where maybe your subjects? were so comfortable that they wouldn't mind that you're even poking fun at the 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 ludicrous nature of the setting maybe they even recognize it themselves so uh i think your instincts are spot on um what i'm probably bumping up against is what had the uh like uh my my existing modus operandi which is I'm an observer and I want I don't want anyone to have any idea I'm observing. Right. Ghost. And so now I'm like, hey <laughs> And so now and now it's the opposite. And so like when when you point it out that way, I'm like, oh, these are just like, you know, uh, uh, psychological profile, neural pathway behavior sets, which which uh, I've adopted, observed me, and like, yeah, you're right. Like, what if I? I never thought like I could be like that guy. Yeah, just say like, hey, this. I is- could be that dude. There were there were like four or five people who I saw there. I do not say this. I do not say this frequently. Now, when I see someone and I'm like, I like the way they hold their energy. I want to hold my energy more like that. Like I saw, I saw like more than one who would fit that description. I might go like a year or two and never like. Like there was, and this guy was one of those guys. I was just like, I was like, all right. I'm like, so if I could pull off what he does, if I could tap into a little bit of that, and this is the, this is the cool thing when you start to work with, with, um, like costumes. Like, this is just a costume. Is a is a neural pathway behavior set. That's a costume. That's a modus operandi. It's something you could take on or take off. Um, you know, yeah, I can, uh, I can see myself doing that. So you've, you've given me a challenge, Mark, because I know I've given you quite a few challenges over all of the episodes we've done together. So, so you've, um, you've, you've gotten me to challenge myself with your question asking. Right on. All right, cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see maybe like a, a new YouTube episode sometime soon on the Susquehanna Alchemy feed and I know a lot of people are probably waiting for the next one so maybe that's that's the the inspiration for that right because I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed if you went and did some like sneaky footage of the Amish dudes like just kind of like the way they braggadociously ride through town I think that that makes sense because you you can't really get those guys in a position where, like, all right, we're going to do a YouTube channel to, or a YouTube show together, guys. Like, put your hats on. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't think that, that that will work out or go over well. But everyone you know, else. You, th- you think if I take, a, I take secret video of, <laughs> of, the, of the Amish adolescents that that will not go over well? Who would it not go over well with? No, I'm saying I'm saying that would be the best approach. I'd oh, that would be just focus on the Amish because they're not watching. Well, I, no, I'm saying I'm saying for for the Amish approach it that way, but for the for the rest of the characters, try a different approach that's not so like uh, sleuthy. Gotcha. Like when I see the guy with like the the outlaws jean jack jean leather jacket, which looks like it's like thirty years old, and, and there's like a 
18-inch neck, like he doesn't want me to record him with with my camera. Well, if if you you know, if but if I I I want to go and see. So so I told did I tell you the story about like when when the one of the Amish, uh, in fact, was an adolescent in the in the tobacco field, asked me uh, it, or ha- had a question for me in Pennsylvania Dutch. Yeah, and last last episode we talked exactly. about that. So if I could pull that off, then I should be able to pull off these other, um, yeah, I should be able to. Right, right, right. I mean, All you right. know, I could see you with some uh, some denim and some leather on. You just kind of walk in, you let your ponytail down, you know, you just kind of <laughs> blend in. That's all. <laughs> oh, God. I, I was, uh, hold on a sec. Maybe get those like fake sleeves, uh, tattoo sleeve sleeves. <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, I had to try. So now <laughs> I've gone from the. Uh, I'm, it, it's interesting when you live far enough away from density, you recognize uh, when you get closer and closer into town. And I'm going from from Kirkwood to Quarryville. And now I'm in Willow Street. Oh. Which is even, exactly. And then shortly after this, then I'll be entering into Lancaster City. Are you not trying to go that way? No, this is where I'm going. I'm just noticing. Oh. Uh, it's, um, I have a, I've, I've a much, much more heightened sense of just detail and resolution of of places like just what it feels like to drive around like after spending the time i spent in baltimore where i was prior to baltimore and then where i am now hmm. so i think what what you heard was probably more of an observation from that perspective right do you feel like you know that area like the back of your hand which area where you're driving right now this area I've I've known for a while, but but my understanding of it has changed because I've changed. So that's like you know that's that's true for everyone. Like you know, as you go and you as as you have changed as an individual and you come back to something which you once knew very well, your experience with it may look or feel differently because you have changed. And and what that means is like your internal world, how you define something, that's your inner world. Like the outer world is objective and then how it comes inside, that's the subjective reality, which is your life, my life, and so forth. Um, As that inner world changes, well then when you see the same outer sort of, um, you know, just like traffic or like a place you know very well uh, because you have changed, your inner world has changed, your definitions have changed, your knowledge base has changed, well then all of a sudden this like means something different now as well. Hmm. So that's kind of like what this feels like going from this this, this known countryside. It's, it's funny, like I hadn't thought about it this way, but I feel very much like I was describing as I sit at that at that table. Like I'm just watching right now. I'm not asking to be looked at. So this kind of brings up something that I was interacting with or something. I don't watch many things, so it, it's rare that I watch four episodes of a TV show, but I watched this TV show, Mike. Can you take a guess at what genre it was? 1970s sitcoms. <laughs> no. That's what I would watch, but go, okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind next time I have the chance. But So I was watching a show called Spy in the Wild, all right? So it was, it's a nature show. It's like a, you know, right. what you'd see on Animal Planet or, or Discovery Channel, BBC, right? So this is made by the BBC, and it, it's old. It's five years old, so maybe you've come across it. But the concept is that they create these... It's like a blend between, like, an animatronic and a drone, but it looks like an animal. So they create these, like animal spy drones, right? So they'll have like a, 
a baby gorilla, right? And it's, it looks like a real gorilla for the most part. I mean, you can kind of tell, obviously, it's robotic, and, and but the eyeball has a little camera, right? So... I've seen this before. I've seen, I know. I know the, the genre. <laughs> so I I watched like four episodes of this show because they had like thirty different animals decked out with cameras in their eyes. You know, just like they they're very creative with the. But it was it was very funny to see the animal reactions and how these little spy drones were able to, you know, sort of subvert their instincts because you know. A person holding a camera would provoke most animals to just flee. So this was a very interesting approach because it subverted their guard, you know, and, and the, the animals pretty quickly, for the most part, realized it was a drone. And uh, one of the funniest parts was, was this uh, bird drone that they had set up near these elephants and one of the elephants comes over and just like takes a quick glance at it does a a a quick 180 degree turn and just smashes it with its rear end and knocks it over that was that was and and of course trumpets and then walks away so it was it was a very funny show but very compelling stuff i mean i saw i'm an animal nerd so I, i saw a lot of really unique footage in that show which i don't really watch animal shows anymore because it felt like for a while a lot of them were set up but this one seems to be a happy medium between set up and real actual footage (laughs) um that uh I, I I question everything I would see on 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 YouTube because it's really compelling stuff out there. But I don't know. But I I get uh, the the appeal. I certainly appreciate that. I like the animal videos. I'm a sucker for them. Yeah, I don't know how I came across it. I think I was looking up gorillas, and then I found the the spy gorilla. And it was cool to see all the different spies. <laughs> it's just the way the animals treated them. They had a spy. Um, but which one got eaten? One of them got eaten by a shark. It was like a spy um, sea otter, I think, or seal. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a very interesting episode. But that that's the thing. It's like you put a camera in front of people, you get the opposite reaction. You know, you get, like, you know, either people play up to the camera or they shy away from it. Um I wonder maybe you, you create some kind of secret camera that you put on your in your lapel jacket, and that's how you get this footage, Mike. What do you think? So, so no, that's that's entirely exploitive. So I can't do that. That goes against <laughs> my, my integrity. But so the spy um, drone. You know, let me let me, finish, let, let, let me let me finish this though. Um, but you bring up a really really good point. Like you know you should. Uh, so that was the whole thing about that that guy I was talking about, um, the photographer. It's like, you know, he demonstrated. It's like, oh, yeah, this this is a skill, and this is how you know you're doing it because people are comfortable. They are at ease in the presence of talking to you with the camera. Easy cheesy. Um, so now, now, like, now, you know there are, like, some parts of town where people drive more crazy than other parts of the town? Oh, you just made it into the crazy part of town? Yeah, yeah, I was, but I, I just moved through it, though. There was just one, uh, I'm about to go through a little bit. I like to call it the meat grinder. You know what a meat grinder is? Uh, yeah, I used to operate one when I worked at a deli. Yeah, when, 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 like, all the cars are, like, herded to these central areas, yeah. and, like, everyone's trying to get, yeah, that's the meat grinder. And so, like, to move through it gracefully is always, always something I strive for, but, um... Well, 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 we were just talking about the best thing. What were we just talking about? Refresh my memory. I got called off guard. No, that's fine. That, that's fine. That, keeping your attention on the road is important. You're talking about the subtleties of uh, photography when you have... Oh, so, so yes. So let me... So that's, that's another one of my challenges is like, I need to be able... Like, I know that's possible. In fact, that's, that's my bread and butter. Like, I think I'm really good... At, at, you know, generally making people feel comfortable so that they can open up. But I've never done it in that way before. I've, I've got, like, a different idea of how I do that. So, 
when you have someone on a Zoom meeting because worst come the worst, they can always just leave very quickly. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to go old school, camcorder in hand, like talking to folk. Right. Well, remember when, you, remember when you're down at Quarryville and you're like, everyone here just kind of looks like from 15 years ago. Remember you said that? Yeah. So like, so I'm doing like 15 years ago type techniques. Well, you need a camera guy and uh, and a ca- and a mic, like a mo- uh, like a, like what Alex Stein does on the on the street. That way you could you know maybe that. maybe it maybe it's, it has to start though organically. I think it's got to start with just me and a camera and a tripod maybe. No, I got it in my hands. I got it in my hands. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like it's just, I'm not like trying. I I'm thinking that I want to just have like short conversations with folks. I do it all the time. Yeah. And you just say, like, hey, I have a YouTube channel. I hope you don't mind. Don't I'm going to hold my phone camera right here, point it right in your face. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say yet. Like, okay. that's why, that's why, like, I think this is an art form. Like, how it's, like, I think it should be a little bit different for each person. And, like, how do you meet someone? Like, you're asking, like, a really invasive question, potentially. Mm. Well, what kind of questions do you want to ask the locals of Korea? I have no idea. I just want to get, I just want to, like, I don't know. I do not know, but I guarantee it'll be good. Yeah. Well, I'll say missed opportunity. I thought it was really beautiful down there. I should have uh, suggested something like that, but that's all right. We got got some great audio episodes recorded while we were there, and... uh, Got a lot of good feedback since then. Uh, people seem to like our in-person like episode. That? Yeah, they thought it was funny, and uh, they appreciated the atmosphere of the episode we did with Zach and how it's sort of like, you know, they could feel the Susquehanna River just through, like, you know, the sound and the atmosphere. So that was cool to be able to oh, bring that to people, you know? Because, I mean, the, the show... Around the uh, the concepts that you you know first envisioned on the Susquehanna. So yeah, now people can be taken to the Susquehanna in audio form, no matter where they live. That is that is the case, Mark. I hate to cut it short abruptly, but I'm gonna have to cut it short and abruptly because I need to be somewhere and I'm not certain where I am. Well, hey. Get, uh, get to where you gotta go. Thanks, Mike. We got an hour for this one, so that's fine. And, uh, Perfect. cool. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Right, Good luck.